When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the way. We want it men. Welcome to another edition of the Smuggler's Galaxy podcast. This week, we're going to try something a little different. John and Justin had to step away for a little bit. And uh, so I have brought on Jason Wasoko as a new co-host, try a new format and see how it goes. Jason, how you doing tonight, man? Bright suns. Good. How are you? I am good. Bright suns and rising moons. So anyway, we're going to start off real quick today. We're going to get to Galaxy's Edge here in a moment, but I just wanted to touch on some uh, news and just feel or see how the week's been going and just, you know, shoot the shit for a few minutes with Jason before we got going into the main subject. So uh, Jason, you got anything new Star Wars this week? This week, I got lots of stuff. This is a really good week for me, a bad week for my wife. I got the Black Series, Return of the Jedi. I guess it's the four pack with Han, Leia, Luke, and the Ewok on the speeder. I got the Clone Trooper three pack from the Vintage Collection. The Black Series Wampa, which I think everyone got with a sample of Tide. If you wanted it, Hasbro threw it at you. The Black Series Cad Bane, I got that. Um, I also got the Gaming Greats, the Purge Trooper, and the Darth Nihilus. Today in the mail, I got the IG-11 Mandalorian. I don't know what these things are called. They're the Carbonite, or not Carbonite, the Carbon- Credit Series, Credit right? Series. Yes, I got one of those. And then I got my um, Black Series Boba Fett Empire Strikes Back 40th anniversary. Nice. I got a lot this week. Yeah, you did. Only yeah. thing I got was the Wampa because that's uh, the one thing that I've really been wanting. Uh, I've wanted a Black Series Wampa for a minute, but uh, they were always, you know, over $100 because it came yeah. with the Luke and it was just a hard figure to get. But when they came out with the that new Black Series with the new packaging, I had to pick it up. But, you know, as far as the packaging on that, it, it's cool. I, I like the foil packs on those, but, yep. y- you know, the, it gets scratched too easily. You know, you, you set it down and it gets scratched. I've seen some that have been insanely scratched up. How's yours looking? I actually got two somehow. I accidentally hit a second one in my cart. So I got two. So I got one. My son got the one that got dinged up. So mine is good. His is a little dinged up, but he's an opener. He likes to open that stuff. So he's... He's happy. Right. I, I had to open mine up. That figure is heavy. It feels like it's over a pound, but yeah. it poses. It, it You know, it's probably one of the better Black Series uh, that I've had that posed. And I do like that. Yeah, that Heroes 4-pack with the Ewok on the speeder. Yeah. I saw that the other day at your house, and that one pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. You know, I do like all the Comic-Con exclusives that they're doing with the Black Series. Yeah. And I like the feel of that one. That feels like an old-school Black Series figure with the black packaging and the green label on it. 
it's not like the newer kind of stuff. It feels like the old original run of the Black Series. How's that IG-11 uh, looking? Uh, you know, I know that it's basically a repaint. Yeah, no, I like it. It's, it's a repaint. It looks more like used. It's in that used universe. It's got dust on them. It's uh, painted to look like the concept of IG-11, but you know, it feels more like the IG-11 in the show. My card was a little bent when it came in, which is a little upsetting because, again, I'm not an opener. So it just stabbed my heart when I opened it and I was like, oh no, but yeah, I like it. I love, I love the black series on these, these vintage looking cards. I think those really speak to my inner child, I guess. Yeah. That, and those are a cool, uh, cool card. I did like the death trooper when they did it, but I just haven't, haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. Cause I yeah. was holding out for the Wampa and with the black series, I got to kind of be real particular, which one I'm going to buy uh, just because you can, blow a lot of money real yeah. fast but moving on speaking of mando stuff uh the razor crest what what's your thoughts on on that bad boy that hasbro Pulse is putting out i'm excited about it i, I can't wait to, i haven't ordered one yet but i will um the unlocks are always exciting i like how the, the carbonite blocks are coming i kind of felt like that might be the next one because looking at the photos there was the overhang slides on top of the razor crest you can see where they're supposed to go and how they slide in and out. So I kind of had a feeling that was coming. I, I haven't ordered mine, but I will. Um, I'm really excited about getting that. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm torn because it is $350, but yeah. you know, it does look like it's going to be incredible. I know I will be kicking myself for not ordering it when I see it in person. Cause I did that with the sail barge. Cause you know, it was just one of those where how, where, where the hell I'm going to put this thing. You know, when you see it in person, it's, it's just amazing. And like you said, the unlocks are, are, are going to be pretty cool because it does have the the baby yoda yep. and the uh the carbonite blocks are cool i could really give a crap about the the auto eject because you know it just it looks silly you know that that was kind of weak for the first unlock but yeah i know with when they did the centurion i think it's called for x-man the unlocks for that got sentinel. pretty insane Cent sentinel yeah the yep. sentinel that yep. got pretty insane yep. with those unlocks but i mean i think 350 bucks for that's a fair offer for what they're you know fair price for what they're offering uh, I think we all, as as collectors, kind of got spoiled because when you saw a piece that was that much money, you knew, okay, if I wait six months, I can find it for $50 in the store. And uh, you can't do that when it comes to Hasbro Pulse. I did see a rumor, since we're going to stick on the Mando, because that's sort of yeah. where things things are Mando right now. Yep, but yep. Uh, Yak Face is, is rumored the uh, retro line. They're going to do a Mando run of the retro line. Uh, that should be pretty cool. I know uh, Toy Weaver is doing a, a, a three and three quarter fit you know four point accurate uh point of, of movement of accuation yeah. uh, uh yeah. of those and those have been pretty cool uh, you know i think it'll be a cool run i the retro line the only one i got was the boba fett because that's sort of you know that's my 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 jam and i didn't really do anything else so the, yes and no on the retro line i don't like the cards because they do you know it, it's there's like uniform it's sort of like i'm a bass player so you buy a, a retro or a relic base and people can look at it and say oh it, you bought a relic base so they're all you know they all look the same but yeah. uh you know i'm kind of looking forward to, i guess i'm looking forward to these see what they're going to do with them How, how's your thoughts What's yeah your thoughts? no i'm i'm in the same boat i'm i'm excited about them i don't like how the retro collection is basically repacks of something that we we already have and were released 40 years ago i really like the newer stuff in that older look and i'm you know, if they're going to release, if this is the way that they're going to go with the retro line, I'm very excited for that. And I'm looking forward to it. So I'm, I'm hoping that pans out that rumor. Yeah, that, it, I think it's going to be a cool thing and it'll be something else to, to collect. Uh, 
you know, some, a new thing for baby Yoda. And, you know, yeah. of course with, you know, more Mandalorian stuff, you can't go wrong. Right. Um, you did just bring up Ray paints. Uh, how do you feel about the, the holiday special black series Christmas stuff that they're doing? Yeah. I, I kind of rolled my eyes at that. I, I don't, I didn't pre-order them. I'm not sure I'm going to get them. If I do, I would get the, uh, the one from Solo that looks like Santa Claus, but I just, ugh, I don't know. I mean, Lego does it, Funko does it, so why not Hasbro? And I'm sure that's the angle Hasbro took with it. But when you see those, they just, they look, oh my gosh. Because they're so realistic. I think that's the thing I'm struggling with. These figures look so realistic. And then you put the, the colors on them, the, the sweater print on, I guess it's the deco, the deco on the shirts. And it just doesn't look right. It looks... Right. I think the colors are just, they're so striking. Uh, maybe if we see them in person, they'll be better. But yeah, like you said, Hasbro is slowly becoming Funko with, yeah. with all the, the repaints. And, and uh, that's sort of the reason why I got out of Funko Pops or don't collect them as much as I did, because you do have the, oh, look, the pose changes. So it goes from being, yeah. you know, a brand new figure. And all they did was move an arm. Hasbro is definitely, it, it's becoming a new, new Funko. And sticking with that, that repaint thing real quick. Yak Face also posted a claim that the Star Wars budget for Hasbro is not sizable for 2021 and 2022, and that we should expect more repacks with the older figures with maybe newer decos. So I think we're going to get more of that for the next couple of years, unfortunately. That that stinks as a collector because, yeah. I mean, I guess it's a money-saving thing, yeah. and, uh, you know, they figure they can make money at it. I mean, how many Boba Fetts have they released? Uh, I think it's five to ten that they're doing. Yeah. At least one year because Boba Fett sells. Right. And and I've got, well, I've got two, two or three of them, but I did not buy the, you know, when they redid the archive, I still had my original Black Series yeah. one. So I didn't do that one. But I know they, they just released a Return of the Jet, not a Return of, yeah, Return of the Jedi version of Boba yeah. Fett, yeah. which looks like it'll be a new sculpt. So that, yeah. that may happen. But I did order the, uh, the three and three quarter Fett from uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I ordered that one too, pre-ordered that. I didn't pre-order the Return of the Jedi Black Series Boba Fett, and I'm regretting that, but I'm sure I'm a dedicated collector. I'll find one one way. Yeah, I'm sure it'll pop up. I mean, that yeah. is a cool that's a cool figure to the Black Series one because it's a deluxe figure, and it's got the blaster that falls apart, and it's got a, yeah. a, a, flame, a flame, right? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be cool to display. Again, I'm, a, I'm not an opener, so. <laughs> but if you are, that's going to be pretty cool to, to display out in front of your collection. Right. All my, all my modern stuff I open up just cause it's, if I'm going to spend the 20, 25 bucks on it, I want to open it and play with it. And yeah. uh, the, you know, but the vintage stuff, that's a different, if it's packaged, that stays packaged. Yeah. Um, I guess moving on, uh, I guess that's all the news for this week. You got anything else you want to cover? No, that's it for me. All right. Awesome. But um, yeah. let's move on to the, to the main topic this week is galaxy's edge. Uh, Jason and I have both had the privilege of going uh, post COVID, and Jason just did a a trip. What two weeks ago down there with yeah the, with the Early October. Yep. I'm sorry, we went pre COVID. You went post COVID. Oh, post COVID so, and pre COVID. Post we went yeah. pre COVID. Yeah. I love Galaxy's Edge. It's it's great land. Uh, I went there last year, right at, about a month after it opened. So I didn't get to do Rise of the Resistance, which at the time I wasn't that you know I was like I'll worry about Rise later. But the more I found out about Rise, I was like I I really missed the ball on that one something special how i was rise it's awesome it's incredible it's it's more than a ride it's an experience you really immerse yourself into that star wars universe and 
I'm trying not to spoil it, but it's it it is something cool and it's something special. So very cool. Do you have any any tips, uh, you know, on getting the the ride uh, pass? Yeah, as of right now, they're doing it twice. So pre-COVID, they were only doing it once. You need to be there first thing in the morning. So the first time we went to Rise of the Resistance, we were at Hollywood Studios at 5 a.m. just to get the boarding pass at what was it like? 7 a.m. the first time they opened up right in the morning now they're doing it at 10 and 2 so your first opportunity to get a boarding pass is at 10 a.m. and if you don't get it then you get a chance at 2 p.m. if you already get it at 10 a.m. you're not going to get it a a second time for 2 p.m. they kind of lock you out so there's more opportunities it's my understanding that and this is just my hearing things uh, on the internet and, and and youtube and stuff it's my understanding since it got struck by lightning it goes down a lot there's a lot of technical stuff behind the scenes. So um, there is a chance that if you don't get on, you know, postpone it until you can get on. So if you if you get that 10 a.m. spot and you don't get on right away, they will postpone that and, and kind of lock out the 2 p.m. crowd um, until you get that ride. So you get first come, first serve kind of deal. Right, because I know they do like a backup boarding group or, or yeah. you know, it, it just depends on how the day goes. But yeah, I have heard that there was a lot of lot of uh, trouble with the ride just because it's such a, a crazy ride and so many moving parts and extremely technical. Yeah, very very technical. And I mean, if you guys want to watch the the YouTube stuff, go look it up. I haven't done it because I don't want to spoil the ride. I think I've kind of had it, you know, a little bit spoiled because you do, you know, you stream in Facebook and somebody will pop up a pay, you know, a post a picture of it, and you're just like, crap, I didn't want to see that. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping in April I can get back down there and, and a ticket to get on that ride because it, it does look incredible. One thing I will I will mention about Rise of the Resistance. So when you go visit this land, it takes place between The Last Jedi and uh, Rise of Skywalker. Or is it Rise of Skywalker? Either one. It takes place in between then. Something that happens on the ride affects an attitude of someone in Rise of Skywalker. So when you ride this ride, and, I, and if you want to message me offline, um, or I, I, if you want to message me, I'm not going to say what it is um, uh, on this podcast and spoil it for you. But something happens as a result of this ride that affects the motivations of character on Rise of Skywalker. So I like that 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 you're really in the Star Wars universe. Wow, that I've I think I've heard that one other place, but uh, that that's pretty awesome that yeah. that ride that'll happen. Uh, and that's the one thing Disney does do well is they definitely will will layer things and and you know you go here and you learn a little bit of stuff so that that's pretty cool but just to cover real quick uh i guess synopsis of you know the the land it is it is black spire outpost set on the planet of batu which like jason said is between episodes eight and nine so you do get the falcon with the square i mean the rectangle radar dish and there is Ray and Chewie and Kylo and two stormtroopers. Who's that? There's a commander or somebody that runs around. And then there's a, a spy called Vi yep. who, who Leia, General Leia, sit down there to, to, to discover the land. But there's a few books that cover it. And, and there's a lot of uh, some backstory to the land. I think it's cool. I enjoyed it. I've got some stuff we'll, we'll hold from the, for, for a little bit later on, on my true feelings of the land. It, it's cool. If you're a Star Wars nut, you'll enjoy the hell out of it. Do you have anything? No, I would say you can immerse yourself as much as you want. You can read that book, Black Spire Outpost, which really gives you some of that backstory, like you were just mentioning. Tells you a little bit about the queue of Rise of the Resistance and how that formed. It tells you a little bit more about Oga's Cantina. You know, 
I, I, the only other thing I can think right now is Black Spire Outpost was mentioned in Solo, so it was mentioned in a Star Wars movie. So it is there. It does exist. Yeah, I think they're they're doing a good job of trying to make up. Oh crap, we didn't make this a land that people already know. So they're adding to the lore of it, and it does pop up. It popped up in uh, Resistance for a minute. Uh, the Resistance cartoon. One of the characters lived on Batu for a minute. Yep. And uh, the Black Spire Outpost book, I, I enjoyed it. It was basically a 300-page ad for Gal uh, Galaxy's Edge, but it was a very enjoyable book. It made me want to really immerse myself because it did it did go into the Rise of Resistance, uh, you know, the queue and how they had set up their base and stuff in there. Yeah, the one thing I did enjoy about that land is when you are near the Rise of the Resistance queue, it is, you know, it's like the rebel section of the land and the... Uh, you know, that's where Ray and Chewie normally tend to hang out. And then when you get to uh, the TIE fighter, TIE, is it TIE Interceptor or what? Or echelon, TIE, TIE Echelon. Yes. That's yes. where uh, Kylo does his thing. And then in the center, you have the Falcon, which uh, is sort of where, I don't, I, I don't think I ever saw uh, Kylo near the Falcon, but Ray and Chewie, Chewie is definitely near the Falcon. I don't ever remember seeing Ray, but Chewie will pop up and work on it. Yep. And uh, I guess that's what we'll go next is on the, the Falcon and the Smuggler's Run. No, go ahead. I, Smuggler's Run is, is a great ride. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a cool ride. I loved it. Um, you know, the, the queue on that is is insanely immersive because you are in uh, Hondo's uh, trans Hondo Anaka's Transport Solutions is what he yep. calls it. Uh, and, and you are kind of walking through their warehouse and it, there's a lot of Easter eggs around there. And, you know, you walk down and, there's a uh, it looks like there was a Sabak game that was interrupted and uh, there's a big engine I don't know what kind of engine it is but you know you can mess with that and if on your on your phone there's a uh, the Disney Play app which turns your phone into a data pad and you can hack into a lot of stuff in the land and yeah. I, you, you I think you can hack into that engine and make it do stuff and then it'll it'll fire up on its own every now and again mm. and uh, there's a if you look up there's a window and every now and again, you'll see a porg pop up and chew on some electric wires and uh, it kind of electrocute itself. Oh, I didn't know that. Look for it. Yeah, right when you make the turn, if, you, if you're walking straight, the, the, board, the, the engine's on your left and you're walking straight, it's like a U-turn or something. If you look yeah. up, there, there's a window there and okay. uh, there's a porg right there that pops up. And do uh, you have anything to add for the... For the queue, no. There's there's some uh, stormtrooper armor there. There's like you said, the sabak. Um, there's popcorn there. There's a lot of Easter eggs. If you keep your eyes open, you'll you'll find stuff that will remind you of the movies when you walk into the Falcon. Yes, it is such. It gives you goosebumps because it is straight out of the movies. It is one one scale. It is amazing because you are you are on the Falcon. You are on the actual Falcon for all intents and purposes, and it's just an Oh, as a Star Wars fan, there's nothing better than walking on. I can't. I keep saying this <laughs> because it is like my mind was blown. When you, Dude, I I'm getting goosebumps just hearing you talk yeah. about it because it's just that freaking awesome. It's that cool of an experience walking into that. My only issue with the experience is, I guess it's just bad luck. Whenever we walk on, they call our colors right away because pre-COVID they give you cards to let you know if you're a pilot, gunner, or engineer. Those are your roles on the ride. And whenever we walk on, they immediately call our colors to, or to try to take our photos because we got to get on the ride real quick while other people are just walking around. So it is a small space. They do limit how many people get on there. And 
post-COVID, just real quick, post-COVID, you won't be able to take photos because they're making sure everyone's six feet apart and, and you know, staying safe. But pre-COVID, you could walk around and take photos. There are porg nests everywhere. The porgs have taken over that, that area of the falcon. They've grabbed wire. They've grabbed any piece of material that they can find. They've woven themselves nests. So if you really look around, you're going to find that kind of stuff, that, that level of detail in that, that space. Right. It, it, it is amazing. Uh, the one thing that's cool about that space that I'd notice is when you're walking around, I don't know how Disney did it, but the, there's certain pieces of the floor that are loose. So when you're walking on it, you get that like echo feel while you're, you know, like, oh, you're on an old piece of junk, yeah. junk spaceship. Uh, and I was fortunate. My my stuff wasn't called as fast as yours. I'm not. Uh, that that just stinks that you didn't get yeah. to spend a whole lot of time on there. Yep. But I know one time I was standing in line with my son because my, my son lives in Orlando and he was able to spend the day with me there. The Falcon starts going crazy, and it, it the the lights go dim and and uh, you know it it kind of shuts down. Yeah. And there's a there's a button that's kind of hidden towards if you're looking at the chessboard that the, the it's to the left and kind of in the corner and if you run up and hit that it'll let everything everything come back to normal and when i heard it shut down everybody's kind of looking at each other and i had just been over there messing with it and kind of told my son i said if if this happens you hit this button and as soon as we got called in line that button starts going so i like an idiot you know, push him to the side and just beeline it over there. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm going to hit this button. And nobody knew what was happening. And, yeah. you know, after I hit it and got it going back to, you know, got everything going back to normal, I, I was like, yeah, you know, I it was just a cool experience. And nobody on the Falcon knew what the hell was going on. So, I love it. I love that yeah. level of immersion. Yeah, it that I get goosebumps just thinking about it because it was, you know, you walk in there and, and you're like number one. You tear up when you see that one-to-one Falcon because yeah. you know that's the first time they've ever built a one-to-one full-size Falcon. Uh, they never even did it for the movies because it's just such a you know awesome big big ship. And, and you know you walk on that, you walk in the chest room and it's just like oh crap, I'm I'm really here and this is really happening because yeah. it, it um, yeah it, <laughs> it's that's the best you know one of the best parts. Um, how did you feel about the ride? itself when you're in the cockpit i mean the ride itself is a giant video game but you're flying the falcon i mean how can you beat that you can't and you can't take that home on your xbox it's it's you're sitting in the seats that han and, and chewbacca sit in you get goosebumps doing that and then you pull the lever to go to hyperspace and and the cabin rumbles the um the lights flash in front of you the starline you see the starline emerge you see the starline pulling out in front of you and then you go into hyperspace and it's just an incredible experience. I, I can't say anything more than just go and experience galaxy's edge because it's just an awesome place for a star Wars fan. Right. The, the one it, the, it, that rides awesome. The one before you be a pilot, the one thing I would tell you is at least experience the ride once, you know, go through the single rider or, or yeah. you know, try to spend some time on it before you become a pilot because it will, it is the same ride over and over again. Uh, and, and I don't know. I was I was fortunate. I got to spend four days in Galaxy's Edge when I was there, yeah. and I probably rode that ride twenty times. Just it's running through the single file queue, going through the going through the main queue, and, and you just you learn the ride. And the better you know it, the more fun your ride's going to be. That's that's the one piece of advice I could give you when it comes to that one. Yeah. So so to paint the picture real quick. So there's three of the roles. There's the pilot, the gunner, the engineer. Hondo's added. Um, 
seats in the back of the Falcon in the cabin. So there's six seats now, not four like in the movies. If you're the left pilot, you're going to be controlling the left and right aspect of the Falcon and you're going to hit brakes at certain points. If you're the right pilot, you're going to be going up and down and you're going to pull back and go to hyperspace. Gunners sit behind them. They hit buttons that flash um, on the console to your left or right, depending on where you sit. Um, you're going to be shooting TIE fighters as they emerge in front of you and you're going to blast them. If you don't do anything, you know, there's a chance that you're going to wreck the Falcon and that that is reflected as you step off the ride. So you want to make sure that you blast as many TIE fighters as possible. And then the engineers, they, they're going to repair the ship. Um, they're going to fire their tow cables because the thing you really want is to steal coaxium for Hondo. And he's going to turn around and sell it and give you part of the, um, the, the reward. And he'll break that down. And he tells you, you'll hear Hondo during the ride. He'll, he'll tell you, you know, gunners, do this. Um, engineers, do that. Pilots, go this. And then if you're not doing it, you know, if he tells the pilots, you know, get behind the train. Hey, pilots, get behind the train. He'll keep telling you until you actually do it. So it's very immersive like that. Many of you been able to get I was able to get two, but how about you? Two, two is my best. The three is the most. Okay. Yeah, I've heard rumors of four, but that, that first like, one just comes out so fast and the Falcon just doesn't feel like it wants to go that after that first one. Yeah, the first time I think we played, we got nothing. Wow. Hondo was not happy with that. <laughs> yeah, let's move, let's move on to what I think is the best part of Galaxy's Edge, Savvy's, Savvy's yeah. work, lightsaber workshop. I, I'm trying to hold my shit together talking about this. Again, it's, if, you're, if you're listening to this at home, every time we say immersion, immersive, take a drink, because again, this is very immersive. It's just an incredible experience. Basically, the gist of this is there's a Savvy, and then he has a group of gatherers and they collect things from throughout the galaxy. They collect scrap metal. And that's sort of the code word for lightsaber. It's $200 to do it, but it is worth to me every penny because when you go and buy a lightsaber from, uh, from Doc Ondars, you're paying 120 to $150 and you don't get a bag. You don't get a, a blade. They give you a pin when you do this. And then you get the, the experience, which is about a 20-minute experience, which, as a Star Wars fan, is the best amazing experience uh, you yep. can get. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very magical experience. And the, the hardest part of me was of, of the whole experience was, was seeing through my tears. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, to be honest, the only time I teared up was when I saw the Falcon for the first time. When, when everybody holds up their lightsaber for the first time, that, that gives you goosebumps. That right there. If you, if you don't feel anything, you're not a real Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah, that whole experience is just, it's amazing. If you get the good good builder that's walking you through it, you know, you pick your kyber crystal. And, and you, to me, I, I, I think you can feel the force if you, if you close your eyes and there's a spot where you get to pick your kyber crystal. And, you know, the, the detail of if it's incredible, because if you've watched Rogue One, the where they store the kyber crystals is the same thing that's in the tank of Rogue One that they're trying to blow up. Yeah. And if, you, if you're if you having trouble picking a kyber crystal, you can step out and go to Doc Ondor's and pick another one, buy it, and your lightsaber will light up to that color. So don't kill yourself if you're having trouble be picking between red, green, and blue. You can go out and buy another one. If you do buy a red one, you do have a chance of getting a black saber, I mean, a black kyber crystal, which is like one in 200. Yep, yep. Uh, but unfortunately, instead of it lighting up your saber black, it lights it up red. 
Yes, there's nothing special about the black other than you get the black one. It's drag. Uh, and they did just, they are allowing you to buy extra scrap metal parts because uh, I guess because of COVID, they're trying to make their money back. And you can now buy, you know, I think it's what, 25 bucks if you buy one and then $40 if you buy two. Yeah. So you get to customize your saber even more. Yep. Which is cool to bring home extra pieces and, and change things out. Look at this cantina. That is one of my favorite places to go. I'm not a big drinker, but just being in a cantina, amazing thing. I love DJ Rex. DJ Rex is part of Star Tours, the old version. And I love how they've continued that and brought him into this new version. And he's now the DJ of the uh, Ogos Cantina. He's going to be playing music. There's like a three-hour loop. So no matter when you come in, chances are you're going to find a new section. They're not going to be playing the same section over and over again every 15 minutes like it's a Chuggy Cheese. And he does play new music from like Figure and Dan and the model nodes from the original, you know, A New Hope. Uh, and it sounds very similar. So you can listen to it and say, yeah, I think that is part of the same band that I saw in A New Hope. Oh, very cool. I did not know that. Yeah. I did like it. I did. I am a drinker. So we did drop a, we, a lot of money when we were in Ogas. <laughs> yeah. The one, the one that I liked, I did the fuzzy tauntaun, which was cool. Uh, the, 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 they put a foam on top, which does numb your, your face oh, really? uh, while you're drinking it. And so it does, it does make it fun. So uh, my wife and I, we sat there for about 20 minutes debating if we were going to do the beer flight. And she finally just looks at me and goes, just freaking order it. Yeah, it was a cool experience. They do, uh, they bring it out. And one of, the, one of the cool things about Galaxy's Edge is when you do order uh, uh, one of the collectible drinks, they bring it to you in, in, the, in a glass, but then the glass, then they bring you a new glass that's packaged and, and everything so you can take that home so you don't have a glass that's all nasty from you uh, drinking out of it. So uh, they, they did, at least Disney did think about that. And uh, my wife also yeah. got the Jedi mind trick, which was kind of cool. It has dry ice in it, which makes it look like it's smoking. And it's a little bit of a fruity drink, but, uh, you know, she seemed to enjoy it because it does have that smoking element of it. Yeah, I got the Yub Nub, which is a fruity drink. Um, it is based on Ewoks. It comes with a, a collectible cup that it's ceramic, but it looks like it's been carved in wood. And it tells the story of the Ewoks beating, uh, defeating the Empire and at the end of Return of the Jedi. Um, and that is a fruity drink. It's not exactly what I wanted um, in a drink, but I just wanted the cup. I'm more of a like hard, uh, hard cider kind of guy. I don't really like the hard liquor so much. So this wasn't for me. But again, if you want the cups, if you want something nice to take home with you, the, the Yub Nub is a pretty cool piece. Yeah, I do. They do that. And then they do a, a Porg Tiki mug. And both of those are some cool looking mugs. And if you ask nicely, you can go home with a, a set of coasters because they do have a series of coasters um, that are unique. They have the T-16 Skyhopper coaster, the Rancor coaster, the Gamorrean Ale coaster, the Yub Nub, like I had mentioned before with the Collector Cup. Um, there's an Ewok on that coaster. There's a Bantha coaster. If you really want to spend a lot of money on eBay, you can get the Moz coaster. I think that was limited to like 1500 for one day. Right, and that was with a special drink that they only had for that one day too, right? Yeah, no, that was just the one day um, limited opportunity. Did you were you ever there when the uh, hyperdrive failed? Yes, I was, and that is cool because everyone in the, uh, the cantina kind of try to slam on and get the thing going again. Everyone gets frustrated. DJ Rex will shut down every once in a while and they'll yell at him. Oh wow, that's awesome! I don't think I had DJ Rex fail on me, but I did have the hyperdrive fail on me one time. 
and I had my lightsaber out taking pictures and one of the waitresses walked by and yelled at me. She's like, put that scrap metal up. No wonder why my hyperdrive keeps failing. Yeah. DJ Rex will fail and he'll start like, because he's been reprogrammed from Star Tours, um, the original run of it, he, he actually crash lands. When you're walking out of Galaxy's Edge, you're going to see a crater on your left. And that's actually where DJ Rex crashes. I guess in one of the novels, he's revealed to be a pilot at Return of the Jedi. Um, or something like that. And he crashes onto Batu, and he gets reprogrammed and he, and he goes into Olga's cantina and every so often he'll, he'll start to glitch and start repeating lines from the old star tours, which as an old school star tours fan, I love that stuff. Wow. That that's amazing. I, that's yet another thing I did not know about DJ Rex. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I love that star tours ride because, uh, it, it was it was the first real time you were ever able to to enter into the Star Wars galaxy. You know, I remember going to Gal it's not to Galaxy's Edge, but Hollywood Studios when it, during the dark time for that ten years where you had yeah. nothing Star Wars, and you walk into that gift shop and spending a half an hour, forty five minutes, just in awe of the amount of Star Wars merchandise in one place because this was even you know before the internet, so you couldn't find stuff. Yeah, and then also at if you as you're walking out, there's a uh, a help wanted sign. I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, you know, like a little place where people have put messages, and it's all in Arabic. So it's you know, unless you're you know, take a picture of it and and you can go home and translate it. But uh, you know, it's a bunch of help wanted, and hey, I've got you know, I need this bounty or that bounty. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's um. And it's a big, big sign. It almost looks like a flip sign, but uh, all kinds of stuff on it. I have yet to translate it. It's just a cool part of Galaxy's Edge. Did you see the droid scanner when you walk in the door? I did see the blasters. So if you're walking out of Olga's Cantina on the left in the door, you're going to see some blaster marks. Did you read the Thrawn novel with um, Anakin and, and Thrawn? Yes, I did. That was a great, great series. Yeah, so when if you read that series, there's a scene where they're on Batu and... Um, they get into a fight and blasted and they hit the wall. And that's actually when you walk out and you look on the left, you're going to see, or you're going to see blast marks. And that that's actually from the story from that Thrawn novel. And I did see uh, Timothy Zahn. I was up in a, in a con and he had done a panel and he was, he was kind of proud of that, that he was able to make Disney write stuff into their park. That's awesome. It's just, it, he said it was sort of like the, the dog wagging the tail or the tail wagging the dog. So he, he was proud of that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Did you go to Doc Ondor's Den of Antiquities? I did. That place is amazing. The, there's so many Easter eggs all over the place. Pre-COVID, they would just cram as many people as they can into it. Uh, how's, how's, how are they treating going in there uh, uh, post-COVID? Post-COVID, they're, they're restricting entry. So they're, they're limiting how many people can go into the place. Everyone's six feet apart, obviously. Um, and it doesn't feel as crowded, which is cool because you can step around and start looking up and around and seeing all the different helmets and all the different um, stuffed heads and all the different blasters that's around there. And you can actually take your time and try to figure out, okay, for where have I seen this? And movies, TV shows, anything Star Wars is placed. And, you, and if you really, if you're a dedicated fan, you're, you're going to be able to pick out a lot of it. Um, uh, on your first trip. Vibro axes. I love Gamorrean guards and those are in Doc Ondors. They're stuffed creatures, the helmets. You can buy anything. Uh, there's a lot you can buy. You can buy Yoda's cane for crying out loud from Empire Strikes Back. Luke's, um, the light that Luke uses on Dagobah is available. There's a replica of General Grievous's head. Did you buy anything when you were there? 
Uh, actually, I did. I spent a ton of money in uh, docs. We, um, you know, I bought, I did buy the extra uh, Kyber crystal, bought the extra Kyber crystal. I bought, uh, when I did uh, Savvy's, I did, I got a blue one, but then I bought a yellow one at Doc's. I wanted to get the Thrawn painting that they had, but at $400, I got shut down for that one. Yeah. Actually, I think the only thing I bought at Doc's was the, was the Kyber crystal, just because it was, you know, it was fast. We spent a lot of money at the creature stall, which we'll get to in a minute. Creature stall and the toy dairy. And the, the Easter eggs in Doc Ondar's were, were incredible. And them just thinking ahead of time, uh, did they not have a, they had the gun from Mandalorian, but I could have sworn they had the helmet, the Mandalorian's bucket in there also. Yep, it's there right next to the gun. Right, so that's how far ahead uh, they were, Disney was thinking with the Mandalorian was to put, even put him in Doc Ondor's. And, uh, you know, of course they had the full-size stuffed Wampa, which, uh, you know, that was cool to see. Yeah. I didn't think about this before, but if the Mandalorian's helmet is in Doc Ondor's, that means that at some point in the show, he's going to lose his helmet. Hey, there you go. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see because that, to, from what I'm hearing, uh, Pedro is just going to, he's either leaving or he hasn't left the show, but they're not going to let him wear the armor anymore. But, that would uh, be interesting. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. What I did notice, have you tried, did you try talking to, to Doc Ondor when you were in there? Not talk to Doc Ondor. I asked one of the um, uh, cast members a question and they went to Doc asked him and, and I can't remember what the question was now. It's not, it's not coming to the top of my head, but they were able to talk to Doc Ondor for me. The one thing that they did they did say in the you know in the in the stuff is that you could try to to bargain with Doc, but it doesn't really work that way. But I did um, somebody one of the cast members did tell me if you say oh look a bug and and are kind of loud and obnoxious about it, Doc does react. And I did scream oh look Doc there's a bug and it it felt like he jumped up or got up and moved around. So it 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 did kind of work. Which was which was fun. Did you get to check out the lightsabers while you were in there? I looked at the lightsabers, but I really that wasn't in my budget, so I only bought a Kyber crystal one. Yeah, the the lightsabers are cool. I'm actually I'm kind of upset they did a a vote and they did Cal from uh, Fallen Order. They did his lightsaber as their new lightsaber in there, and uh, I, I'm I'm upset with that because they had the the. Uh, Kanan's and Ezra's lightsaber as one of the choices and hardly anybody picked those. If they were to make those lightsabers, I I would definitely at least get one of them just because I'm such a big Rebels fan. Yeah, it, it was cool. It is cool seeing all the lightsabers in person. Yeah, I mean, I guess Jedi Fallen Order is fresh in people's mind and that's why that one over Rebels, but it would still be cool to have half lightsaber, half blaster. You can't buy Ezra's saber at Galaxy's Edge, but there's a, a store closer to the end of the park right when you walk in uh to the left that i was able to buy one uh you know a little kitty ver version of it and so i had to pick that up just because that's the only time i've ever seen it yeah and and before we step out because everything is so costly um i will recommend that if you are going to galaxy's edge buy one of the spira which is a collector's coin it is the don batu and i'm in black spire and you can, it's a gift card essentially, and they'll scan it for you and just buy things with it. And when you're, when you reach zero dollars, that's, that's a, another souvenir that you can take home. And that way you can limit and kind of prohibit yourself from spending thousands of dollars, which 
something if you have the money you can easily do we did we got a couple of spares uh because the only thing you have to do is put a hundred dollars on it uh i know the first go around they were free i've heard are they charging since you were just there are they charging like five dollars for them now yeah there is an extra dollars which is fine because you're basically spending five dollars for the coin which i would spend anyway or bucks that you're just going to use to you can buy it and to be clear, you can use it anywhere in the park. You don't have to use it just in Galaxy's Edge. So if you're over, you know, near, near the Hollywood Tower of Terror and you want to buy yourself a hot dog, you can use the Spira. They'll scan it for you and you can buy a hot dog there. Are they still doing the uh, detonator bottles? The Coca-Cola? Yes, the Coca-Cola detonator bottles. Yeah, they're still still doing those. They're still doing the water bottles. That's all available. They, they briefly offered some sort of ale and I think... Um, Coca-Cola got a little bit upset that they're offering a non-Coke product. Uh, those those stalls were sponsored by Coca-Cola, and they're they're serving a non-Coca-Cola product product. And they stopped doing that. Right, right. Being from Atlanta, we know how bad Coca-Cola can be when it comes to uh, having a competitor come in on their on their turf. I uh, I've been down on where the the I think it's North Avenue where their headquarters is. And you can't even buy a Pepsi on North Avenue, which is a few miles long. That's how big Coca-Cola is in Atlanta. So, uh, yeah, I could just imagine them, you know, not wanting beer on their carts at, at Disney. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Droid Depot next. Uh, I, I did it. It's a fun experience. Uh, Jason, I, if I don't, I believe you did the uh, Droid Depot also, right? Yeah, we did it twice. So my son built one and then my daughter built one on the second time, which is a pretty cool experience. You have the choice of building an R unit, which is like an R2 and R3 and R4 and R5, or BB unit from the newer, the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I did the uh, the R unit. It was cool. I was, I was fortunate enough to do it during extra magic hours. So I was one of like maybe five people in there. So I was actually able to take my time because uh, basically there was a big conveyor belt where all the, the parts are, are streaming by and you pick them all you pick your droid parts and put them in a, in a basket and then walk over to where you build them and i was actually really fortunate because i was able to take my time and i actually was able to okay does this part look good or i don't like this color let me go back and grab another one or i think if you were full if there were if that place was full there's no way you could do that and yeah. i would i mean it, it's up to you how fast or how slow you can go and I would definitely, you know, take my time with it because I don't think Disney's going to stop you. You know, the faster they can get people in and out of there, the, the better. Yeah. I'm a big Rebels guy, but there there is an Imperial Chopper sitting there. Yeah. Along, there's a big row of, of broken up droids parts uh, right above the, the conveyor belt. There There's a chopper sitting there. So that that was cool seeing Chopper in, in the land. And uh, my son was like, that's not Chopper. And I actually pulled up a picture and it was like, that's freaking chopper because we're comparing parts. Theming is second to none in Galaxy's Edge. And when you go into that depot, you're going to see droids from all trilogies, battle droids to um, pit droid pod races. You're going to see the medical droids from Empire Strike to even K2SO. You're going to see an Imperial droid there. And there's a lot there. Star Wars fans will know the numbers 1138. And I, I haven't been able to myself, so I don't know if this is a West Coast thing or if it applies to the East Coast, but above you, you'll throw a droid arms and legs on a conveyor belt, just kind of move throughout the building. And if you, it looks like there's one that comes out and then there's a space, and there's another one that comes out and then there's a space. 
and then three more come out and there's a space and, and it kind of goes to eight so there's the one one three eight kind of hidden above if you're a star wars fan and you look for it i didn't see it myself so i can't confirm this is true but um i heard that that that's the case i remember hearing that i and i didn't even think to look up and see that do you have you been you didn't do it uh post covid did you no, we didn't do a post-COVID, but you do need a reservation to get the to get inside and um, and they're again they're spacing everyone out, so there's limiting how many people can go in there. If you can walk up, the chances are you're not going to be able to get inside because everyone has their um, appointment. Speaking of appointments, you do need uh, for Savvy's Droid Depot and Oga's. They all those you kind of do need to make a reservation for. Uh, it, it's kind of easy, but, uh, you know, if, if you're used to going to Disney, making reservations for stuff is, is, is second nature because, uh, you know, you're planning your Disney trip months in advance. You can kind of walk up to Oga's if you're lucky and they do have a waiting list, but there's no guarantees. I think the same thing with Droid Depot, but like you just said, Jason, with uh, post-COVID, there's no, you know, there not really is one. And, you know, you just, yeah, make reservations. Is, is the best piece of advice I could give you. Yeah, post-COVID, the park was supposed to open at 10, and we got there at 9.30, and they were letting people in. And I was watching it, everyone was going straight. They were going right to that new Mickey Mouse ride, the runaway railway. And we decided to go left towards Galaxy's Edge. There was not many people in there. So 9.30 in the morning, we got right on to um, Smuggler's Run within five minutes. We got done with that. I went over to Oga's Cantina, and I asked them, is there a wait list? And they said, yes, there is. But if you want to get in right now, there's a good chance you can get in. So I asked her, can I get in now? She was like, yep, you'll be the first customer of the day. And we were in right away at 945 and sit down. And it's a little early to have a drink, but it was more for the experience. Yeah, try to get in as, as quickly as possible. You can do a lot first. Everyone's looking for that bright, shiny thing, which is the runaway railway. Right. And I actually did the opposite when when we were there. Uh, with the extra magic hours because I had been there the day before and when we went everybody was going towards Galaxy's Edge and I looked at my wife and I said let's go to Slinky Dog and do Toy Story so uh, we were able to do Toy Story and Toy Story Mania very fast and, and then we went and we were able by you know my wife was yelling at me she says why am I up at 4 30 in the morning and then at uh, you know 8 39 o'clock when we're sitting there having breakfast in Docking Bay 7 having done everything she was thanking me because it was, you know, we were able to knock it all out with in, in three hours. Yep. So, yeah, definitely, definitely do your research before you go down to Galaxy's Edge, because Disney is known for, you know, we're, we're both Disney heads, and, and you learn real fast to, you got to do your research, you got to book it ahead of time. People plan Disney trips years ahead of time, and now they've got a new reservation system where you can't just say, hey, I want to go to Disney today. You wake up and go. You've got to, you know, you they're, they're limiting. I think it's what I'm hearing 25% is the number I'm hearing, park capacity. So they're, they're definitely having a hard number on the people that they're letting in every day. You know, definitely make a reservation, look it up, and, and do some research. Yeah, definitely. Do all that stuff. Star Wars fans are, are used to waiting in line, so you're going to you know, wait in line early in the morning and you're going to reap all the re rewards as everyone goes to, like I said, the runaway railway and you're going to go straight to Galaxy's Edge and you're going to get into everything before it opens. Right. And I just mentioned Docking Bay 7. Uh, did you get a chance to eat there when, when you were there? No, I didn't eat there. I, I ate at Ronto's Roasters, which is a giant 
So there's a droid that you'll recognize from Return of the Jedi, and there's a giant pod racer that they're using to heat all the food. Boosters is like a wrap with chicken, um, some coleslaw on it. It was a little spicy for me. What did you think of? I really enjoyed it. I got it without the coleslaw because um, I'm not a coleslaw. I don't, I don't like mayonnaise. I really enjoyed it. Uh, to me, I think it was one of the better food options in Galaxy's Edge. Uh, I did get it with some barbecue sauce to add to that, you know, give it a little bit more kick. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it, it's a little bit expensive, but it's like $15, $16, but it does fill you up. So it, it makes up for it. It's, it's wrapped in a pita and uh, you do, they do have a nice little uh, outside area that you can sit in. And like, like Jason just said, they have that big pod racer engine that's cooking the meat and the droids spinning it around. And, and uh, it, it's just a cool atmosphere. Uh, I actually tried using the Jedi mind trick on the people there and they did not buy it because my, my son was with me and we both got beer and they were like, you, we need to see your identification. And I'm like, you don't need to see his identification. And they're like, sorry, sir, that doesn't work here. Uh, <laughs> so it was, it was kind of a fun, fun little, uh, little, little trick. Post COVID, I will, I will mention post COVID that um, if you're going to go to one of those locations, you're going to mobile order, order. I don't think docking, docking bay seven is open. I'm not sure about Ronto's Roasters. That was roped off. So I don't think that's open for mobile order. Um, but you're going to have to order in your Disney Experience app. And then when they call you, you'll you'll go up there and show them that your food is ready and pick it up. And then you'll go outside and eat. You won't be able to go inside and order as before. Oh, so they're not even letting you in Docking Bay 7 right now? No, you have to order in advance. And then once it's ready, you can go in and pick it up. But then you have to go outside to that that open area to eat. Oh, wow. That, that's really sad because that place, uh, Docking Bay 7, it, it's really, the atmosphere in there is, is really cool because they've got a bunch of, uh, you know, because it's, it's a shipping depot, basically, you know, there's a bunch of shipping crates and there's one that's sitting open with all the f- fresh fish yeah. uh, or seafood or whatever there. And, and you look up the, and there's stuff hanging from the ceiling. There's a big shipping crate that's hanging from the ceiling along with all the other food and accoutrements if you will but yeah that that's really a bummer that you can't spend time in there and and then there's also the soundtrack that they're playing of ships taking off so you're sitting there watching or listening to the ships taking off while you're eating and some of them are really loud and some of them are really soft but yeah that that's really a bummer can't wait to hit that when uh covid's over and i can go sit down and experience that how is covid how are they handling the marketplace with covid so with the marketplace, you're going to have to get in line. You're going to have to stand six feet away, and they're limiting how many people can go into the actual marketplace. And then with the actual stalls, so if you want to go into one of the, the Tordariums, um, toy plays, the creature um, stalls, it's one person per stall. So you're going to wait to get in. And once you're in, you're going to have to wait to get into the actual stalls. The popcorn is closed, so you can't get any of the popcorn which has like a fruity flavor to it. It's like a syrup that they kind of lace on top of the popcorn. That's close. You can't get that, but you can go in and get toys. You can get your creatures. You can get your um, costume pieces if you really want those. Wow. It's changed. Because I remember you're you're in there uh, pre-COVID and, and everybody's on top of each other walking through there. And then those stalls are very, very small. So that, yeah, wow, one person per stall. So that's... Yeah. Is it even if you're the same family? No, I'm sorry. One one unit per stall. So, you know, if you're a family of three, all three of you will be able to get in and, and check it out. But if you're two families, you won't be able, be able to go in at the same time. Like at the Toydarian shop, you know, you you look up 
and that whole ceiling's full of marionettes and there's a really awesome ad at that when I saw it, I, I was really hoping it was for sale. When I saw the, the picture concept art of it, I was really hoping it was going to be for sale, but it's just for show. And there's a something sleeping up in the corner. You don't really know what it is, but you can see it sleep, you know, see it moving around. There's a window where you're working behind the scenes and a Tordarian is, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but he's basically Watto's species from episode one. You can see him working behind the scenes. There's a prank call. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many different Easter eggs in this place. It's incredible that they put so much thought. You know, you go to the drinking fountains, you're going to see a Dianoga from uh, episode four in the um, trash compact. There's just so much everywhere. It's just go, just go, just go see it. It's just amazing. It's an amazing land. The other thing I will mention is talk to the cast members because each cast member was encouraged to develop their own backstory. And uh, uh, it might have been lost during COVID because we're you know we're trying to get through this thing and trying to stay six feet apart but once things kind of calmed down back in there ask the, the the cast members where did you come from where do you live how did you get here because each individual cast member has a unique story that they were supposed to develop and it's just a, another level of immersion right yeah that that was one of the things that uh, the, the couple of ones that had had spent the time developing their story w- was great uh, when I was at Docking Bay 7, there was a guy, I was like, hey man, what, what's your story? And, and he had really developed it. And we probably spent 10 minutes talking and, and just, you know, he knew where he was from and, and, you know, where, what happened and how he ended up there, you know, but a lot of them, which was a little bit of a bummer that they hadn't developed them all the way yet. And then at Savvy's, I did run into a guy when I was paying for my lightsaber that I'd asked, you know, hey, what's the, who's this Mickey Mouse character? Because you, you can't find any like Star Wars items, anything that says Star Wars, they don't have it at Galaxy's Edge. And I was like, who's this Mickey Mouse guy? Because all the receipts are real Mickey Mouse receipts or Disney World receipts. And he goes, I don't know. He's some kind of womp rat, I think. And I look at the guy and I said, do you, do you think I could shoot him with my T-16 like I do back home? And he broke. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. He just, he gave me a little chuckle and he was like, that's a good one. There you go. You win the day. Yep. I, I'd won the day that day. Uh, but like at Oga's, I'd ask for, uh, I was there, you know, it was six o'clock in the morning and I wanted calf, which is coffee. Yep. And I walked into Oga's and I'm like, hey, can I get some calf? And they're like, you want what? And that's more of an EU thing than a, than a uh, EU, the extended universe, expanded universe or other. So I was digging deep for that one. And they just kind of looked at me and then I said, well, it's coffee. And then, oh, okay, hold on. Come on, Disney, get on board. <laughs> exactly. And I also asked for death sticks. And the guy's like, what the heck are you talking about? So he at least tried. And I think he went in the back and asked somebody, what, what's some death sticks? And then he goes, I, I need to tell you something about going back and rethinking your life. Oh. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, cool. You got it. There we go. Yeah. There we go. He's got it. So that, that was fun. Um, and do you got any closing thoughts? I would say really immerse yourself. Use your imagination. You've been watching these movies since you were probably the age of four or five. You've used your imagination. You've dreamed of what it's like to be in these places. Go experience it. Have fun. There's droids you can take photos with. There's doorways. I love to take photos with doorways because it looks like we're hiding. The way that they have these doorways, you're kind of in the door frame itself. You kind of peek around and, and maybe somebody's coming to get you or you're hiding from someone. And really, really cool. Um, to take those photos. So again, just 
have fun, immerse yourself. Disney is probably one of the safest places to be right now because they are taking all the precautions to make sure everyone's wearing masks, everyone's taking, uh, everyone's staying six feet apart. They're really, they're really going the extra length to make sure their guests feel safe and they have fun because you know it's a scary world right now and this is one place where you can go and have that fun. Yeah, that's the one thing I do love about Disney and about Star Wars is you can go and and forget about the the outside world for those eight hours that you're there or hell you know the week that you're there because you know you do that disney bubble is real i i was in it you know a year ago and i can't wait to get back because it is you you the minute you step on property to the minute you leave the outside world you just forget about it and you do feel like a kid again being a disney head and being a star wars geek there, there's no better place in the world than, than Galaxy's Edge. And, uh, All right, here's the thing about Harry Potter and Universal Studios. And the issue that, there's one issue that I have with Star Wars and Galaxy's Edge. So when you're going to Diagon Alley, you're going to Hogsmeade, you are going to the place that you've seen in the movies. And you get chills because you recognize things that you've seen in the movies. And, and you're, you feel like you're stepping into the movie. When you go to Galaxy's Edge, this is a new land. This is supposed to be your Star Wars story. It is not the Star Wars story from the movies that you've seen. And it's not the same as walking on the Tatooine, which I think would have been something that would have blown my mind. Um, you know, Disney's done a great job to try to immerse yourself like those places. But <laughs> if, I guess I guess what I'm saying that, that Hogsmeade and Diagon does have the edge because you are walking into a familiar world. Mm-hmm. Whereas that too, it's it's kind of new. It's it's your Star Wars story, like I mentioned, and it's not something you're familiar with. There are things in the land that you're familiar with, like the Falcon, of course. But I think Olga's Cantina, if it was the Cantina from A New Hope, I mean that would have just oh my gosh, I would have not have left. I would have stayed there um, for days. Right, and I then I kind of feel the same because I you know I've never seen uh, Harry Potter, but oh, when no. you go, you know, you go in there and. Maybe it's because they have a year, you know, a year or two head start that the people there know their shit. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you, yeah. cause I went and I asked the guy, Hey, when does the dragon breathe? And he's like, well, she's a, a, a taunty or I forgot the exact words, but he was just basically saying she does what she wants and she's a moody beast or something. And you're like, dude, just tell me when the damn dragon breathes. <laughs> what? Five o'clock. You're right. Is it every like 20 minutes? Is it every half an hour? You know, give me, give me. Yeah, no, we're cutting the immersion for five minutes. Tell me. Harry Potter, it, it does feel, because when you win Diagon Alley, it's like you're, it, it's closed in. So you do feel like you're, you're, you know, you're sneaking in there. And the first time I went, I passed it. And we were, me and my son works at Universal and we couldn't find it because we walk right by it and we're like, that's kind of weird. What's that? And yeah. you walk in there and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I've heard a rumor and I'm hoping this pans out because if you're listening to this pre uh, Mandalorian season two, um, it's my understanding that they wanted to put the Mandalorian on Batu. So, you know, that's a rumor I heard a year ago and I haven't heard anything since. So I don't even know if this is going to pan out, but if the Mandalorian does end up on Batu, I'm going to be like, finally, this is, this is what I want. This is, this is great. It would be, it would be even better if they filmed it like after hours out in the West coast uh, season two uh, at Disneyland. That would be pretty cool. And, and, but with that that uh, screen they got, they could make it look like they're in Batu and they're in a freaking soundstage. And I won't lie, when that trailer came out, I was looking at the background saying, is that Batu? Is that Batu? Oh, wow. 
And there is actually, I did hear a rumor that they were trying to do a Baby Yoda meet and greet and a Mandalorian meet and greet. Yeah, there is a photo um, op available. So post-COVID, that's very rare because they don't want people lining up and waiting for photos. Any opportunity for people to crowd around each other, Disney's trying to prevent that. But there are opportunities to take your photo with Baby Yoda in his pram. Um, floating next to you. So Jason, uh, yeah. in closing, how do they handle, because I know post COVID they were, you know, the characters are walking around and, you know, Chewie and everything, and you can go up and you could touch to Chewie, you could touch Ray, you could touch Kylo, uh, you know, and have your picture taken with them. How are they handling the character meet and greets uh, pre COVID? I mean, sorry, post COVID. Post COVID. So there's infrastructure in place for like a stunt show that can happen around you on rooftops. And it's not something that they've really utilized for the stunt show, but they are using it for Ray and Chewbacca to kind of walk on top of, of rooftops to wave down at you. And that's the best way that you can have those interactions. So Ray did actually look at my nephew and my nephew did look up and wave and my nephew loved Chewbacca. So he's like, Hey, there's Chewbacca. Um, and then when you go to the, the, there's, there's a section where the Imperials have, and that's where the Thai echelon is. And that's where Kylo Ren will walk out and they'll just, you know, keep moving you know let me know if you see the resistance we saw four stormtroopers up there kind of patrolling and walking back and forth and doing whatever kylo said so there is some distance between you and them but they are present they're just not walking around like before uh, pre-covid well great um so yeah you're still having it but it's it's still social distance yes yes uh jason it's good having you on board and uh you know hopefully we'll get to record again soon and, and get some get some of these podcasts back on track please look for us uh jason do you want to give your ig or your facebook information um i'm jason wasoko on instagram um if you want you go to wasoko.com i do some writing so you can check out some of that if you're really interested in learning more about me blabbering on i, I blabber on for a whole novel oh wow so you've written a novel yes Oh, that is awesome. I did not know that about you. It's out there. If you want, really want to read it, it's available for, on your Kindles. Oh, that that is awesome. But yeah, I, I, it doesn't surprise me because you are a very creative, you know, watching you over the pandemic and uh, everything being creative. It, it does not surprise me. But yeah, you can find me, Glenn. Uh, just look at me at Glenn Williams on Facebook, uh, Cajun Fett on Instagram. Uh, you can find us, uh, Smugglers Galaxy on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also email us at smugglersgalaxy at gmail.com. Hit us up if you got any show ideas or got any questions. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get back to you and, and use your information. So anyway, Jason, thanks for joining me, everybody. Uh, this was Smugglers Galaxy podcast. And we'll see you uh, later. And may the force be with you. Mm -hmm.